Big, big week for the the two of us in the trivia <laughs> in the trivia circuit. Uh, circuit. Yeah, I, I would say that we're pretty close to professional trivia <laughs> competitors at this point, really. Uh, and and we won this week. Yeah, just the two of us. It's been a while since we Can got a victory. Can make it if we try. And uh, so now we get what do we got? Like twenty five dollar gift card to this bar. Oh yeah. So we go drink a hundred Miller Lights next time. <laughs> But uh, best part, I would say, about winning at trivia is the trivia guy reads your name very loudly and very excitedly at well, the end when you win. Not only that, it was it was a it was a comeback victory. That's true. We were like in fifth the entire night, fifth out of eight teams. <laughs> you don't have to say how many teams. There are. <laughs> and then uh, we all we bet it all on the final question. We're thirty points. And by, I think, four points, Something we, like that. we did it. it. And it was a TV question. So, of course, there was no, there was no doubting that we were going to win. That's what she said. TV. TV, of course, a specialty of ours, as, <laughs> as, as you may know. <laughs> yeah. What was it? It was like... It was TV locations. Yeah. And the question was about, uh, they read six different uh, television shows and their locations, their, where they're set mm-hmm. in the shows. And we had to pick the two that were lies. And so one of the lies was Better Call Saul. They told us that it was shot in Phoenix, or mm. that it was set in Phoenix, and it's mm. not. Yeah. The and, ABQ. And the other was uh, Jane the Virgin, which they told us was set in Sacramento, but it's actually shot in Miami. Yeah, we didn't know. That that one was a kind of a that was an educated guess on that one. I knew for sure on Better Call Saul, but Mm -hmm. Jane the Virgin was kind of educated guess based off of the other choices and and uh, and kind of what we've seen from commercials and stuff. So we did it. We did it, and the like I said, by far the best part is when at the end of the night the trivia master has to go and your winners of tonight's contest, butt soup, (laughs) which. I'm pretty proud of that name, actually. Um, you know, after much deliberation and heavy thinking about what our name should be the other night, we landed upon Butt Soup, and I think you know uh, everyone in the in the bar found it enjoyable, at least. They they sure did. <laughs> I got a lot of groans. I don't, and I don't even know what Butt Soup really is. No. I guess it <laughs> probably the easy answer is diarrhea. Oh my god. But. Uh, yeah, because that was it. Came out of nowhere. The the name it you usually just, does. You were just good God. <laughs> you were just like uh, butt soup, and then I was like, no, not butt soup. So then we sat there for another five ten minutes trying to think of something that we haven't used before, or something that'd be funny. And it came time to hand in our slip to start the game, and we had to be butt soup. <laughs> so once you get butt soup on your mind, it's tough to get it off. He even asked us too. He was like. What's butt soup? And we're like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> oh, it was so. a good time. Fun times were had by all. And now we're the undisputed trivia champions of the world. So. That's true. Come at us, whoever you think you are that's better than us. Yeah. We have you a can't 20. Can't beat butt soup. <laughs> can't beat butt soup. We got a $25 gift card on the line. Uh. If you think you can. So. And at this bar, Miller Lite's only like $2.50. Yeah. So, so by my math, that's about 10 Miller Lights. Yeah. Where you can see the fine stylings of 
local country music singers every th- Thursday and Friday or Friday and Saturday. So definitely check this place out. It's it's a place where all are welcome who voted for Trump. So, <laughs> um, well, yeah, welcome to the uh, fifth anniversary plus one episode forty one of the SoCo Show. Woo! We are one week out from Avengers. As of as of as of taping, we're only four days away. Yeah, that's true. Four days away from Avengers. Less than one week out, I guess. Many of you will have seen it by the time you listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of you will have plans to go see it. Uh, it seems like just about everyone in America has already purchased pre-sale tickets. Mm-hmm. So probably at the very least, you have plans to see it if you're already listening to this. Yes. And uh, yeah, a lot of excitement around that. Uh, but that's going to be more for next week's episode. Uh, we do have some other news and uh, a little bit of fun stuff going on this week. A little bit of a change of uh, the typical recording schedule. This is recording tonight on uh, Sunday the 22nd as opposed to our usual uh, Tuesday recording because I'm going on a trip this week. Thank uh, God. Traveling to Minneapolis for work so Seth can beat off in the living room while I'm gone. And um, yeah, so it'll be a little bit of a different kind of show, probably relatively short. Um, but don't worry, we'll make up for that next week, I'm sure. So Yeah. Let's jump into things tonight, and we're going to start, as always, with She Tweets. I call you a punk. It's hard, it's hard to top what happened last week with, with Iron Cheek Tweet of the Week. That was probably, out of all 40 episodes, I don't remember how many of those we've done Cheek Tweets. That was probably the number one Cheek Tweet. Yeah, it was, it was pretty damn good. This week, we're, he's going to keep it short and simple, though. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty... Uh, motivating words i guess because you got a lot to live up to with this tweet uh you know if, if you're gonna impress the sheik so uh the iron sheik says inspire me or go fuck yourself <laughs> you got no t- no no time to be wasted if you're yeah, gonna be talking to you gotta inspire the sheik yeah he also uh, he, one of his favorite holidays apparently is uh happened this past friday with uh respect hashtag for happy 420 so ah, the sheik may be doing a little token yeah i like it i yeah. like it if I were a person, hypothetically speaking, who celebrated 420, um, that particular activity would leave me feeling pretty inspired, too. <laughs> so uh, it seems to me that the, the Sheik was celebrating this weekend, as many uh, many folks probably were. Not us. We don't get into that kind of thing. So. Nah, never. No, never. We're funny enough without performance enhancers, Seth. <laughs> I love steroids. <laughs> All right, this has been Sheik Tweets. I call you a punk. All right, before we jump into news, have to, of course, mention our sponsor, Audible. Don't forget to go out to audibletrial.com slash SoCo. You're going to get your first 30 days of Audible for free. Free? <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to get also... <laughs> and you're also going to get your first book credit for free. Free! <laughs> so, again, that's audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Let's jump into the news, and we're going to start with video games. Video games. Whoa! We've talked probably for the last six weeks or so about God of War. <laughs> <laughs> and it finally came out this past Friday. I know you picked it up on day one. And I did. you've got a couple hours into that. So uh, obviously once you finish that, we'll get a, a more full review. That'll, but, probably, uh, that'll be 420 of 2019, the way it's going. <laughs> yeah, that's a long-ass game. So what are uh, after a couple hours, what are your kind of first impressions of God of War? I loves it. I loves it a lot. Uh, um, no, it's 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 as incredible as everyone 
is saying, and I'm only probably about four or five hours in, which, to be fair, four or five hours is quite a bit <laughs> from from just this weekend. That'd be halfway through most games. Yeah. No, it's it's really good. I it, There hasn't been too much into the story yet <laughs> for four to five hours in because I am very much a, a perfectionist when it comes to video games. I want to get everything I can. Uh, search every nook and cranny. So, Gross. I <laughs> so I've been I've been doing that quite a bit. No, but it, it in terms of God of War, it's it's definitely different in terms of the combat and the story and and really I mean almost everything about it's different. Uh, the the control the controller layout's different. Uh, the the look of it's pretty different. Um. So things that I really like so far is is for one exploration you you can really go a, a lot more uh, places uh, than you've ever been been able to go in the other games, uh, but it's fun kind of searching those things and figuring out puzzles to get to certain areas and and finding that stuff is kind of rewarding in that way. Two uh, is is really the combat and the challenge of it now is is so much different. Uh, in the past God of War games, you know, you just beat up on fools, hit square and triangle a bunch of times, and they would go away eventually. This one, they have, they have like health meters and different levels. Uh, so, like some some of the opponents you go against are like level two, some will be level six, stuff like that. So it's kind of got like a like a Dark Souls slash like Bloodborne type of a system there. Uh, you haven't you weren't watching uh, at this point, but today. There's op- so there's optional there's optional people you can fight against and you get like certain prizes for it and stuff and I had a couple of those today where um, there's these two guys with like giant hammers and they were like way ranked higher than I was and like they'd hit you once and you'd die mm-hmm. so I tried like I, I would do these over and over again like you could you could get them with the level you're at. And I did eventually, but it took it was it was a frustrating amount of times. Um, but like it, you had to be really smart about it, and you had to you you know use your use certain uh, powers and stuff at certain times, and you had to make sure you're dodging the whole the, that whole time. And then you have to use your son Atreus, who is a big part of the game and battle a lot more. Um, it's it's a lot more strategic than the other God of War games, which is really cool. So I'm excited to to explore more with the story and get more into the story, <laughs> other than just running around and and you know, gathering things. I, I'm excited to get more into what the story's about. I'm hoping there's a lot more like Easter eggs from the other games and ties in a little bit more there and get more of the, the Norse mythology, which is cool. So I'm excited to, to delve more into it. It looks pretty cool. I, I, I probably sat for about half an hour and watched you play a little bit. And the, it definitely looks like a PS4 game, right? So like the, the other ones, even the ones that came out for PS3, they looked like just a classic, like, top-down camera mm-hmm. mash box couple like this is definitely a grown-up game yeah. um it's it's almost one of the things that i noted was that uh it's not called god of war 4 mm-hmm. it's it's almost so it's almost kind of like a reboot or a repilot um starting just again with the name god of war which i thought was kind of interesting because it really is so different from from it the is. other games it looks like something i might actually enjoy and um the interaction with the kid is pretty cool I, what, what i really liked was the um it's all one. It's in. If it were a movie, it'd be a one-shot movie. Yeah. Uh, there's no cuts in between. So like, your the camera will move around you in different ways for different cutscenes, but it never stops. Yep. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And then just uh, the, throwing that fucking axe around uh, <laughs> is pretty sweet. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun, and like it's cool because certain enemies can get frozen by it. So it's almost like it, it it's a tool in that way too. Is like you can take one enemy, freeze him, and then you beat the piss out of another guy with your hands. And then you take the axe back and finish that guy off. And gross. And uh, <laughs> no, and then yeah, like the sun, the 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 sun. I I I was thought I would be really annoyed by him, but he doesn't have like a health thing at all. So he can, like, get knocked out for a bit. Uh, but he's actually pretty useful um, because he'll shoot, like, arrows and stuff for you or he'll, like, distract. The, the So the, the thing that I was talking about where those guys that hit you, you know, one time and you'd be dead, um, I would have him, the son shoot them with arrows and they would go attack him so that I could, like, stay back and throw the axe at those guys. And then when they come at me, I'd, you know, evade and then kind of do it kind of over over and over again a few times until some of my other stuff would you know power back up and there's just there's a lot of strategy involved with it which is cool what a good dad you are i know just luring letting your kid out, <laughs> out there as bait jesus yep well awesome uh more to come obviously with god of war uh again a, a full review to come but it seems to me like the the fantastic reviews that it's been getting so far have been warranted and uh, people are really enjoying it from what i hear so yeah i'm having trouble putting it down uh, i mean when i play it's it's been for hours at a time so so if you have a ps4 i think uh we can give this already a a soko recommend so uh get out there and pick up god of war if you're a ps4 owner a lot of fun stuff going on right now in the sports world so let's get over to that sports and boom goes the dynamite i want to talk just a little bit about the uh, hockey and basketball playoffs that are going right now Mm -hmm. on right now so in the nhl kind of the big story um, in in hockey in the playoffs so far has been the the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they were the the brand new expansion team. It's their first year in existence, and they crushed ass all season and came in as a one seed to the playoffs. They swept the L.A. Kings in the first round and have made their way into the second round. The first round isn't completely done yet. There's a couple series still going on, but uh, it looks like the Golden Knights are going to face off against the San Jose Sharks. Next, or is it the Sharks? Eh? Yeah, and I, I I don't know about the matchup. You know, I don't follow hockey very closely at all, to be honest. But mm-hmm. um, I do really like the story of of this Vegas Knights team being an expansion team. You know, in the past when you've seen expansion teams in basketball and in football, they really struggle for a long time before they can get their footing as a franchise. Uh, Houston Texans still have barely become competitive. Uh, you know, and and uh, you know, in in basketball we've seen the uh bobcats then hornets kind of struggle as well they still haven't quite gotten to the forefront but for the knights to have done this so quickly uh is a really impressive story and you and i have talked about this a little bit but um this definitely if they could find a way to go all the way and win the stanley cup definitely this has big motion picture and uh definitely 30 for 30 type feel to this story uh have you been paying any attention to the knights what do you know about about their season or, or anything? Um. I didn't really pay t- a ton of attention to hockey this year. I do know that, like, their goalie is Marc-Andre Fleury, who's a, you know, he's a Hall of Fame goalie. Uh, he's, you know, one of the best of all time. So it's cool that he's getting to do this kind of again like he did with the Penguins years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, that I, I'm i personally rooting for him. I, I think that would be a great story to see this team full of basically rejects and, and rookies win a, a Stanley Cup championship in their first season. You know, that would be amazing. Just the, what they've already done so far is amazing, but mm-hmm. for them to go all the way and win it would be incredible. So 
I'm rooting for him. I always have a soft spot for the the Sharks, though. With uh, they got they got Joe Pavelski mm-hmm. on the team, who is uh, from around here in our area. He used to play for a local Iowa uh, hockey team when he was 18, <laughs> maybe even a little bit younger. Uh, one of the best that ever played for the for that franchise. So I always wanted him to win one, but I, I, I can't root against the Golden Knights for what they've done this season. Yeah, you mentioned rejects and rookies, and so if you out there, if you don't know about expansion teams, when there's a new team in the pro sports world, at least football, basketball, hockey, do it this way, um, there's an expansion draft, and so every team that already exists has to like basically give away a handful of their players and make them eligible for drafting by the new team. So the draft pool for these guys was basically the players no one else wanted on their teams, and you have like Flurry, who I'm I'm guessing they maybe put up because he's old, um, and yeah. then you can draft rookies, and so they got the number one pick in the rookie draft as well. So they cobbled together this team from the bottom of the heap, really. <laughs> and uh, the fact that it's been so good, you know, is is really awesome, and uh, it's good. I, I I like the I I I hope this means that there will continue to be more pro sports in Vegas is one of the things, because I just think that's good for sports, to have Vegas as a market. But, I don't know, we'll see. I'll be rooting for them uh, when I do watch, which is rare. I don't watch a ton of hockey, but as the playoffs go on, I might catch a couple games, and definitely uh, Soko is rooting for uh, the Golden Knights. Oh, yeah. So, a little bit about basketball as well. The first round is underway in the NBA playoffs, and only one team has advanced to the second round. That's New Orleans Pelicans was a little bit of a surprise. They swept the Portland Trail Blazers in their game last night. So they're in the, they're in the second round. Every other team is still, uh, still playing. Uh, as we speak, Cleveland and Indiana are uh, they're, they're going at it. I think Cleveland was up by a couple buckets last I checked. Uh, Cleveland's down 1-2, to two, which is news, because yeah. LeBron James in however many playoff appearances he's made, has never lost in the first round. Uh, never lost a series, I should say. So no LeBron James team has been eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. James is also working on, I, I think, a seven-year streak of appearing in the NBA Finals. <laughs> and so what I think is happening, I'm, I'm based on what I'm seeing, I don't have a lot of faith that he'll get back to the finals because there's not just there's just not a lot of team around him. Mm-hmm. What I will say though is if he is able to get out of the East and get to the finals, it will be probably the most impressive playoff performance ever yeah. by a player because he is dragging that team. Mm-hmm. And it's been really impressive to see the numbers he's putting up. There's a lot of just better teams that he's going to have to go against, which is which is interesting. I, I'm I'm rooting for LeBron, obviously, but I don't have a lot of faith in him at this point. Uh, the team that we watched last night that was really fun was the Bucks. Um, I really like Milwaukee. They uh, they played Boston last night and won, so that series is tied two to two. Uh, also like the 76ers. That's another good young team that's been really working their way back from mediocrity for the last few years there. Um, and then out west, uh, the Spurs narrowly avoided a sweep today. They were down 3-0. And they got a they got a win today, uh, without Popovich. Pop, uh, Greg Popovich, legendary coach for the Spurs, uh, lost his wife I think last week, so uh-huh. he he hasn't been coaching. Um, but Golden State's gonna is more of a gentleman's sweep. I'm sure they'll get him in the next game or two. Um, Utah and uh, Oklahoma City are putting on a good one. That's two uh, one in favor of, of Utah right now. So that'll be one of the really good series. Uh, do want to shout out the Minnesota Timberwolves. They got a victory 
uh, and they're down two to one right now against Houston. Uh, but just good to see. We're, we're we sort of are, are Timberwolves fans just by proximity <laughs> to them. So it was really exciting to see them get into the playoffs and, and definitely to get that first win. So uh, it's going to be weird. I think that the league as a whole, the playoff as a whole, is flatter than it has been in recent memory, mm-hmm. where you're not just going to have Golden State and Cleveland walking through because the, the West is very fucking good. And the East is at, is not as good, but very even. Mm-hmm. And so it really could be any team uh, going to the finals here. So it's going to be really interesting to keep an eye on it. A couple football things as well before we move on here. Uh, it's been in the news, and you and I have, have discussed this a little bit. It's been in the news that both Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski from the mm-hmm. Patriots, so Gronk, um, both of these guys apparently have been contemplating retirement mm-hmm. over this offseason. There's been a lot of rumors come out that say, you know, they're not they're not guaranteed neither of them is guaranteed to come back and neither of them has made any indication whether or not they're going to. I don't give these rumors a shred of my time. Uh, <laughs> I think that's stupid. I think they'll both be back without question. What are your thoughts on some of those rumors? Yeah, I mean, I think they'll I think they'll end up both coming back. Uh I, I think Gronk is more likely to come back. It, it, I have more confidence in Gronk, I think, um, just with with Brady and his age and and everything like that. I mean, it just it would make it makes more sense. But I mean, Brady's still playing at an elite level, so you just never know. I mean, I, I think with with especially with age, that drop off happens very very quickly with with quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, one year Peyton Manning's throwing fifty touchdowns, the next he can barely throw a football. Mm-hmm. You know. So it, I mean, it it happens uh, that that drop off can happen very fast. Uh, again, Favre's another example. One year he's in, almost in the Super Bowl, and the next year he sucks. <laughs> you know, so um, we'll see. I, I I think they'll both end up being back. Uh, maybe this could be Brady's last season. This next upcoming year, uh, you know, he's not hurting for money. Him and Giselle. So, <laughs> uh, but we'll see. We'll we'll see. I, I it'd be a very different looking. AFC without them, so yeah, no doubt. Especially that East, which is awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the, the Bills, Jets, and Dolphins in that, and none of none of those other three teams deserve to win that division. Uh, do you think now these rumors for both those guys, for Gronk and Brady, it's always going to be that way from here on out. As long as either of them plays, there will always be the rumors that they're going to quit. If you're the Patriots, are you now in a in a position where you need to start getting ready for their departure do the Patriots need to think about drafting a quarterback I think they already are I think they they already have thought about that Mm -hmm. uh with this season I think they feel okay with Brian Hoyer for the backup right now uh and if you know if he does end up having to start some games I think they're okay with it obviously they're not as happy (laughs) as having Brady but right but yeah I think I think they'll we've even talked about with the draft coming up they have a, a ton of picks uh, the, this for this draft, I think they have two, two first, first rounders, yeah, two first, two second, and two third. I think maybe it's just two first and two second. But anyway, I think I personally think they'll use that to move up and get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. We'll see if it happens. Um, either that's going to happen, or they'll take someone early on in the second. So I mean, and there's there's plenty of of quarterbacks in this draft. Uh, there's even some in the second round. People are saying could be viable in the future too. So. And and the uh, the Patriots have proven they don't need a whole lot of of talent out of your quarterback to to have success. So we'll see. Yeah, no doubt. Going to be interesting to see if. Um, well, first of all, again, I I think both these guys are playing week one. Uh, if they didn't, though, yeah, that that definitely throws 
the AFC East and the AFC as a whole into a whole big shit show of, of who's who's going to win it. Um, it'll be interesting to see, but I know I, for one, am, am hoping that we get to see more Tom Brady because that, that guy's fucking special and I just like watching him. Before we do leave sports, just want to uh, have a quick Rams tidbit. Um, I just was looking on Twitter a bit ago and saw this. Uh, Nikhil Roby Coleman, who is a D-back for the Rams, uh, he got on Twitter earlier and he put, I've never really been the type to make bold predictions, but I'm just wondering how teams are going to throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm asking though, LOL. And he puts that laughing cry face. So like Nicole Roby Coleman basically thinks no one's going to be able to pass the ball against the Rams, <laughs> <laughs> which is one of those things that, um, you know, people have been talking about, uh, or I think I mentioned a while back, a lot of the Rams papers and stuff have been saying like, we dare you to throw it. And they're, the defense is calling themselves Lock Angeles, which I think was kind of cool. Um, so I don't know. I, I like – there are two things I like. One, great defense. And two, a great defense that knows it's a great defense and talks shit to everybody. And so this uh, Roby Coleman tweet made me very happy. I thought that it was pretty funny that he's kind of putting, putting offenses on blast and letting them know that uh, they're going to have a hard time. <laughs> we'll see. You're not as much for the trash talk as I am. Oh no! You like you like the, the uh, the the quiet, humble type dudes. Yeah. And I think they're fucking boring. So give me the, <laughs> give me the trash talk guy. I just I just know is when when you're talking trash and you're wrong, <laughs> you look like the biggest tool. <laughs> well, yeah, but still, it's fun. No. It's what's worse than that to me, honestly. I would rather Richard Sherman scream into a microphone and then get beat than have, like. Peyton Manning win a Super Bowl and be like, yep, we're just uh, going to come out here and go back to practice tomorrow. Like, fucking just show some emotion. Like, there's, you're not going to, you know, you don't have to be stoic Boy Scout all the fucking time. Like, and if you know you're, and I think it's worse. I honestly think it's more annoying for someone who is objectively very good to not admit it. That drives me crazy. To be, oh, well, I'm just another guy out here doing my best. No, you're fucking not. You're out. You're Peyton Manning. You're better than everybody. And I'm gonna pick on Peyton Manning because I don't like that guy. <laughs> but like, give me, give me the guys that says I'm the shit, and and I'm gonna come out here and prove it or not. Well, I think there's a, like for me, the only time I I'd want to see like someone overly celebrating is the Super Bowls if they win it. If they, if you don't win the Super Bowl, you have no reason to do it. Yeah, I don't buy that. I think every time you win, every time you make a play, it should be. That's why I like Cam Newton. That's why I like all these guys. I say, come out and talk shit, and then when you win, celebrate. Yeah, I don't know about that. Because the Browns make plays all the time, but they didn't win a fucking game last year. <laughs> well, no, but, at, you know, at some point it's like, it is a game, you know. It's not, yeah. you know, their job is to catch a football. So, and, and really, it's more entertaining for us, you know. If every guy in the NFL was just like, yep, just here doing my job, then that'd be fucking boring, and no one would watch it. But, like, you know who people want to watch is Seattle's Legion of Boom when they were really good and they were out talking shit to guys and getting in their grills. Um, the 85 Bears, they talk shit to everybody and everybody loved that. So it's like, um, I, I get it. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a virtue to the guys who, you know, for whatever, for whatever reason don't want the attention or won't admit they're good or whatever it is. Like, I get it. I get the idea of that being virtuous, but I think it's more honest to get out there and, and say how good you are. And it's just more entertaining for me. So I think it's cool. Plus, like, if you want to shut up Nikel Roby Coleman, go beat him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Love the trash talk. You're trash.
This is kind of mean. Who's <laughs> <laughs> oh. your feelings hurt? You're just not as good. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of trash and talking, uh, Seth has some stuff to review. Over <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump over to TV. That's what she said. TV. Two shows in the TV corner this week. But before we jump into that, sounds like a little bit of news around Stranger Things Season 3. I'm not going to talk because apparently I'm trash. <laughs> you brought that on yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're going to start filming this week. Uh, season 3, eight-episode season starts this week. Did we talk about uh, Millie Bobby Brown's pay? I think we've mentioned it, but do you have the amount she's going to make? I don't remember. what It wasn't like $800,000. It is, it is obscene. Yeah. I think she's going to make something. It's like a few million that she'll oh, make <laughs> on this season. Yeah. So, yeah, then they added added a few cast members as well. Uh, Carrie Elwes, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Carrie Elwes. Uh, <laughs> you probably know him from uh, Princess Bride is the big one for him. So he'll be joining the cast as, I think he's like the mayor is who he's going to be. And then Jake Busey, son of Gary Busey. Nice. <laughs> well, well, yeah, he'll, he'll be the uh, reporter, the skeezy reporter. So this season as well. So they have one more character that they haven't announced who's playing I can't remember what the description was. We talked about it months ago, I think, mm-hmm. now. Uh, but, yeah, there, I think there's one more spot left to be cast. And, of course, all your favorites are coming back, uh, except for Bob Newby, superhero. I'm going to miss him. R.I.P. Spoilers for season two, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> so, no, I'm, I'm excited for it. it I, yeah, it probably won't come out till 2019, though. So, Yeah, I think their fall or Halloween time of 2019 was what they were looking at. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's wild, but that's that's one of those things that, like, with, with these prestige shows, and I think Stranger Things qualifies now yeah. as one of them, um, you see it with Game of Thrones, you saw it back in the day with, like, Sopranos, Westworld Now, Atlanta, uh, they take more time to put out, and I think the product is better for it. Mm-hmm. I'd rather wait longer for a good product than have it come out more predictably and be crap. You know, and so, and that's why I think that these these shows that have more budget and more flexibility to do that mm-hmm. are better TV than your standard twenty two episode season that they have to come out with an episode every week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just easier when you have the time and the money to put out better shows. There's still obviously there's still a place for those shows, mm-hmm. but um, I'm glad that they're taking their time. I'd rather wait longer for for good TV. And then one other Netflix show announced its uh, premiere date. One of my favorite shows on Netflix, Glow, Glow Season 2, uh, will be premiering June 29th. So we'll have a pretty stacked June, I think, as well in terms of streaming stuff. May and June both have some quite a bit coming out. So, but yeah, that's one I'm very excited for. Got a lot of attention, uh, Emmy and Golden Globes time. and and Or I think just Emmy or Golden Globes time. I, I think it'll actually be el- eligible for Emmys this year. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, it's a show a lot of people really, really enjoy. A lot of people who aren't even wrestling fans like it quite a bit. So did you end up checking that out? No, I, I haven't I haven't seen any of it, no. Okay. Definitely recommend it. I hear good things. I've had it in my queue for a long time. I think I even downloaded it for an airplane once. But for whatever reason, I couldn't watch it. I don't know. Something happened. Yeah. But yeah, I have it on my list as something I, I'm hoping to check out before season two starts. All right. Well, we do need to give the people what they want, even if what they want is to hear you talk. So <laughs> let's jump into the TV corner. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Got a couple of 
shows uh, that I that I finished this week, or one of them finished. Naturally, it was a limited series on Hulu, and then the other one was a series on Amazon. So all over the place with our, our streaming services. Talk about first the uh, the Hulu one, the Looming Tower, which is the kind of like uh, historical. Which is weird to say, but I mean, it, it, with being, it's a story about 9-11. It's kind of like the, what led up to 9-11 uh, in terms of our government and what they knew about what was going on and, and what stuff might have been covered up and, and things like that. So stars Jeff Daniels. Uh, he played the FBI. He was kind of like a, a head FBI guy. Uh, I think his name's John. I can't remember his last name. A um, couple other of... Brief parts for some other celebrities. Alec Baldwin is in there for a few episodes, but the the show basically, I mean, it's it it outlines the almost like dick measuring contest between <laughs> between the FBI and the CIA, and really that's kind of the first half of the the series anyway of them being like one side, both sides knew kind of what was going on. One side, the FBI wanted to be a little bit more more cautious and tactical and the CIA just wanted to go there and at guns blazing and take care of the problem with what they knew was going on with bin Laden and Al Qaeda and things like that. And, and then it kind of goes to a more political side of it with Bush taking over from, from Clinton and kind of what, what Bush knew uh, about these people and what he didn't act on. Uh, and and how certain things that were happening politically covered up some of these these things that happened were happening overseas. So it's really interesting because, especially for us, you know, we we were alive back then, obviously, but we didn't know a ton about what was going on. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew just that it was happening, and and we were, I mean, it's really this kind of the same way as everyone. But even for years after that, when stuff started coming up about it, coming out about it, we didn't really know. You know, we didn't pay that much attention to it. So it was really cool to, to kind of hear what was going on in the background and because this is based off a book too by written written by someone who was involved with all this. And so it was – it's just really cool to, to see – it's really kind of scary to see what what the government does know and what they don't know and, and what, a, what type of administration – basically how they'll process that information and how they'll act upon it. it it's, it's very different and – if you don't have the right people in charge or the, the most tactical people in charge, it can lead to some bad things, of course. Now, it's like not to say maybe something worse would have happened if they would have caught the people who were in 9-11 or nothing might, have happened, might not have happened at all. But you just never know with those things, you know. So it, it, it's really interesting. It was, it's a really interesting show. That they did mix in some like actual footage from what was going on during this time. So like documentary style stuff was happening there so that was that was cool uh there was some footage i'd never seen before of of kind of the aftermath of 9-11 them cleaning up and stuff like that uh some they had of course some of the, some of the classic news footage that that we saw that day and some of the the uh recordings of you know the famous ones you've heard of of the second towers fallen and stuff like that uh we got reports of a plane running into it you know the towers and and that type of thing you got some of like the the hearings that happened too, you get some footage of that and there you get, it's kind of cool. You can see they show the, the real people who were in the show, but you see their, their test, test, uh, testimonies, I guess mm-hmm. they, you see that. Um, and you can kind of see how they actually cast a lot of these people pretty well, <laughs> which is cool. 
Um, really, the only high-profile high one that you know know of that they show quite a bit is Condoleezza Rice. Um, the rest of them are kind of behind-the-scenes people for the most part or people who aren't, uh, you know, high-profile names. But uh, so I can't really say how they were compared to the real people. But I thought the performances in general were really good, too. I mean, you, you got a lot of the 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 you know heavy emotions from during this time and uh, especially like when there's a lot of back and forth argumenting arguments uh between like the fbi and cia and the different administrations that there's there's some really like heavy hitting stuff going on between those and and they really did that well Uh, a lot of the overseas stuff was done really good too they a lot of this took place in like yemen uh where a lot of the the like the people who hijacked the plane and stuff were were for for a bit, and so you got some inter, interesting interactions there, and, and those parts are played off well too. So very solid performances. I've already seen some uh, early like Emmy for Emmy possible nominations for a limited series for the for this show. So uh, yeah, I definitely would recommend the show uh, for those who are interested in kind of what happened then. I. I'm not generally a political guy or a war guy in terms of those type of shows, but just having, you know, lived during that, I wanted to know more. And I think that's interesting for anyone who was, you know, alive during that time to kind of get more, more background on it. So would definitely recommend it even, even just for that, but just for the performances alone, they're pretty good. So it's interesting. And and we just had a similar thing with like Chappaquiddick Mm -hmm. where the, this idea that we don't know, everything that goes on mm-hmm. uh, and it scares the fuck out of me <laughs> it sounds like that that's something that goes into the show as well so would you would you say like the the kind of peeling back the curtain and seeing the historical parts of what actually happened was that kind of the the more interesting part of the show or the actual performances and the scenes and the tv aspect uh, which was there one of those things that were more interesting to you or was it all done very well? I th- I mean, it was all done very well, but I think the, the thing that kept me coming back was, was learning more and more about what was happening, uh, during that time. Uh, I mean, for example, the character played by Jeff Daniels isn't a likable dude, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of his personal life. Cause they do show some of the personal life, uh, really just with him. And then, uh, there's a, there's like a, a Muslim guy who works for the for the FBI I can't remember his name right now but he uh they show some personal life stuff with him they're not they're both of them are, are not very likable Jeff especially Jeff Daniels to a to more of an extent he's not a very likable character so it's hard to connect that way but I mean they, they do their job they perform they, their performances are really good but it's it's really for me. It was more learning more and more uh, about what was going on, and they really it was kind of they peeled it like an onion almost. Like each week, it was you got another layer on top of it to the point where it got finally got to nine eleven, and it was like oh shit, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it was cool. Yeah, this is good. Uh, something that I'm definitely going to check out. I love this kind of historical stuff. And actually, and to to just kind of quickly side sidebar um, off of that before we get into your second show. Um, more fictionalized version of this, but in terms of a historical kind of retelling of these big historical events, um, one of the one of the books that I really enjoyed listening to on Audible was Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three by mm-hmm. Stephen King, and it tells the story of a guy who basically goes back in time and tries to prevent the assassination of JFK. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of in there in terms of like uh, 
there's a lot of factual information in there, but then also dramatized elements and fantasized elements. Right. Um, but I learned a lot about the JFK assassination through that book um, and then had a fun time kind of going back and parsing through what was real and what was kind of made up for the book. So um, I just that thought of that while you were talking about that show. So I, I think we should make... Um, we should make 112263 by Stephen King uh, this week's retro recommend. And don't forget that if you go to audibletrial.com slash SoCo, you can listen to that book for free. Free! All right, what, what else you got for us in the corner here? Uh, the, the second part of the corner is a show that I did a TV corner for for the first season last... Uh, did I do it last year? I think so. Yeah. Wow. It's been a while. Been a while. <laughs> uh, Sneaky Pete, season two. Peak Sneak. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I th- yeah, I'm pretty sure I did a TV corner for it, but it's... The basic premise of the show is this uh, con man gets out of jail, or he got out of jail last season, took the identity of his cellmate, and pulled off a pretty big con, which was cool. Uh, I won't spoil that for the first season. And there's kind of a lot that carries over from the second season or from the first season into the second season. So I don't want to go too deeply into it. Uh, basically, so it stars Giovanni Ribisi. Ribisi. I don't know if I can pronounce that right, but he plays the character's name is Marius uh, Josephovic, but he's also, he's the one playing Pete. Uh, the, he's he's conning as Pete, and it's just it, the show the show in general is it's really an interesting like 10 or 12 episode long long con basically even for the viewer because just like a lot like looming tower does it peels everything back kind of like an onion you get you get the setup of everything you know for for what they're going to do that season and there's a lot of you know different like subplots going on and different different obstacles in the way, but when you finally get to the the last episode and they they reveal how the con was pulled off, it's like holy shit, <laughs> that, that, that was really smart, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I mean, I can talk about I can talk about the performances. There, I mean, they're really solid. Gibbonda Rubizi, he's he's really great in this character. I, I like him quite a bit. He knows what he's doing uh, because he has to. The thing that's interesting is he has to play different characters with being this con guy you know he has to play this for one he has to play pete who's kind of like he's supposed to be a in a way kind of like a, a dumber type guy not really like completely dumb but just like you know playing off like he doesn't completely know what he's doing uh he has to play his main character marius who's like the smart con man who's like the leader and the rah-rah type guy uh then in random situations he has to play he played like an art uh art inspector in an episode he played a janitor in an episode, you know, stuff like that. So he ha- he has to he has to do a lot uh, in in the show. So it, he he definitely carries the show. Uh, you get some other uh, some other side subplots, things like that. Uh, Malin Ireland, I think, is her name is. She plays her his Pete's cousin Julia. She's probably my second favorite character in the show, other than than uh, Marius. But she's. She kind of is. She's she's the smartest one out of the family that that he's involved with. She she's she's slowly figuring out kind of like is is this guy who who he says he is. So there's that kind of going on. 
there's she runs she's works for a bail bonds that her family runs a bail bonds business so she's she has to kind of play a badass at times so she's pretty cool uh the whole family in general is pretty interesting to watch uh because they they all help out with the bail bonds business um I don't know. It's it's it's, just, it's again. It's, there's still a lot going on here that I don't want to spoil for people who haven't seen this. I would definitely recommend this show. Uh, the first season I did like a little bit more because it was that introductory season and it was very much like a kind of it, it had more of a surprise at times than than this one did. I figured out a little bit more of this season than I did last season, but it's still very enjoyable. It was really cool to see how they set everything up. Again, performances are great. It, this this season was a little bit slower. Uh, Two, there's a lot more setup, but the last probably five or six episodes were were really interesting and engrossing. So, for those who haven't seen the first season, definitely check it out because both are great. Uh, if you have seen the first season, definitely continue with with Sneaky Pete. So, is this more for for the uninitiated? Um, is this played more as a serious kind of dark side uh, con, or is or they play more into comedy, or how does that all? How's the mood of it? Oh, definitely not a comedy. I mean, there's jokes, but it's 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 a it's a drama. It's a serious drama. It's not. I mean, it's not like it's not. There are some life or death moments, but it's not like dark. You mm-hmm. know, um, there's some murder and things like that. But I mean, it, it, there some funny moments, but it, it's it's played seriously. Yeah, I, I like what you said too about how you don't know the con until they want you to know the con too. Yep. You know, it's not like some of these where you know the whole way through. And that's what I like. It's almost like a really good long heist um, in in like the vein of like an Ocean's Eleven or most recently Logan Lucky that we Mm -hmm. saw where you think you kind of, you can see enough of the behind the scenes to kind of know what's going on, but then you really get the good reveals and stuff at the end there. That's that's cool. I like that. I'll have to get that on my list too. Peaky sneak. All right. Well, we got a double dip this week in the TV corner, but it's time to move on to movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. I'm going to review in a second a couple things that I saw on Netflix in the last couple days. But first, uh, Seth, let's let's talk about the, the box office um, over the last week or so. Sounds like a couple, couple of highlights there to talk about. Yeah, we got uh, one of our favorite, my favorite so far this year, Quiet Place, took back the number one spot. Back number one. Uh, which is now domestically, I think, hit over almost a hundred forty million for the two two weeks. It's for two or three weeks. It's three been weeks. Out. So that I mean, that's pretty impressive. Off a seventeen million dollar budget, that's pretty awesome. So yeah. I, I'm excited for it for uh, for that success and for Krasinski to get more and more praise for it. But um, took over Rampage. Rampage won last week, and now it's sorry. Now it's taken over, taken over Rampage once again. So. Rampage had a nosedive. I think it d- dropped like 60% from yeah. week one to week two. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's still making money worldwide. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm happy for Quiet Place because it's, it's definitely the best movie out right now, I think, in theaters. Speaking of worldwide, uh, Ready Player One, which we saw a handful of weeks ago now, uh, sounds like it's crushing some serious ass overseas. Yeah, overall, it's in terms of both domestic and worldwide it's over 500 million which is pretty crazy just made 200 million in china which is awesome uh it's it, i think it's in the top 10 now of u.s releases in china really yeah wow so that's pretty cool <laughs> um but I'm, I'm happy that it, that it's making money and, and making a lot of money because 
uh, it's of course a franchise that we liked. We both liked the movie mm-hmm. a lot, and and we hope to see, you know, hope to see potentially maybe more with them doing the Ready Player One sequel. Him, him Ernest Klein writing the book. There would have to be a movie, of course. So uh, we'll see. I, I'm excited though. Yeah, I think that uh, I I'm impressed by what it what it did in China and what it's doing worldwide, but not surprised. I think that. Yeah. One of the appeals of Ready Player One is how universally accessible it is yeah. to everybody. With you know, everyone always wants to talk about the Easter eggs and stuff that are in it, and there's something in there for everyone. Anyone who's ever picked up a video game, regardless of where you live, um, can find something in there to grab onto, which mm-hmm. I think is really cool. Um, it's kind of different than uh, you know, like uh, for example, Black Panther didn't do super well in China. There aren't any black people in China. So, you know, it's one of those things where you never really know how how good things will do outside of the U.S. But this is one where I think they knew going in that they'd have an opportunity to do really well worldwide. And so I'm not terribly surprised to see that that's what's going on. All right. Well, this seems to be just fucking trailer season like crazy because (laughs) we're getting ready to go into the summer months. And uh, actually, just a, a quick plug for our next episode. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of conversation around upcoming summer movies and what we're excited to see. But uh, some of those lately, Seth, you've been watching a lot of trailers, and we got a couple new ones uh, again this week. Yeah, I think on, it was like Tuesday uh, last week. We got first day started off with a trailer for Deadpool 2, uh, which is the should be the final trailer because that comes out in May. And uh, this, this one, I mean... You already kind of know what's going on in this movie. You know, him and Cable are going to do a lot of fighting. So this one showed a little bit more of the team, the X-Force team that they're talking about. Uh, Terry Crews, they showed off a little more. Domino, uh, played by, what the fuck's her name, on Atlanta. Van? Yeah, but what's the actress's name? I don't know the actress. I can't remember. I've heard it a million times. But uh, she she seems to be a, doing doing a lot with this movie. Uh, so you got more action, a little bit more comedy <laughs> in this one. There's a new character named Peter, who I won't spoil, uh, which made me laugh really hard. <laughs> but the trailer is awesome. I mean, you got you got the comedy. There's some inside jokes with some of his past roles as as Deadpool and in, in like X Men Two Wolverines <laughs> um, or or the Origins one or whatever. But uh, no, it, this looks to be. I mean, it, it looks like it's going to be great. I, I really think it's going to be hilarious. It's going to be some sweet action. I hope they didn't spoil everything with the trailer, but <laughs> um, I, I think it's going to it's going to be a lot of fun. So I, I was really happy with seeing this trailer. Um, I was like, I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. This movie is it's on my radar. I can't wait. And then later on that day, they dropped the Equalizer two trailer. Oh and, snap! Oh, and holy shit, did that just completely make me forget about Deadpool? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Equalizer 2, uh, which I had for completely forgot that was coming out this summer until a few weeks ago. And I, I heard that a trailer would be coming soon and stuff. We loved the first one. Oh yeah. E- Equalizer 1 was sweet. And my personal favorite genre of, of action movies is old men whooping serious ass. Yep. And this is, this is going to exemplify that to a thousand <laughs> because <laughs> this trailer is just, just like quick hitting shot after quick hitting shot of Denzel whooping someone, breaking a, breaking an arm, stabbing a throat, shooting a guy, whatever. I, I mean, holy crap. I cannot <laughs> wait for this movie. <laughs> um, you got a little bit more story. It seems like now he's gone from 
he was like a hardware store <laughs> worker, right, in the first one. Yeah, Home Depot. Yeah, and now he is uh, kind of like a, a hired, a gun for hire for the government type thing, uh, doing doing some work there. Uh, someone close to him dies, and he's going on a revenge mission. So, oh, shit. Yeah. You, you don't want to get in the way of Denzel on a revenge mission, especially oh, if he has know. a watch on, because you're going to die in 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so, And you're going to do it in a very painful way. But, but yeah, no, it's it's... I mean, you already sold a ticket for me. Uh, might maybe four tickets. Who knows? But it's gonna be, it's gonna be bonkers, as Jared liked to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely love the Equalizer one. Denzel is the shit, and him taking on the old man beat him up genre is fantastic. If you haven't seen the Equalizer, do it. Yeah. It is. Uh, how old is that movie now? A couple years. It's a couple years old. Yeah. Let's make it our second retro recommend of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Do yourself a fucking favor and go watch Equalizer 2. <laughs> our third retro recommend of the day is going to be the time we did our first retro recommend <laughs> to uh, <laughs> whatever he recommended. I can't remember. So I was on Netflix most of the day, and <laughs> I watched a couple of things that I, I'll just give a quickie review. Yeah, because I thought you were, because you said it like, at like 10 a.m. this morning, you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go to a movie at 3:30," and then 3:30 passed, <laughs> and I didn't, I, I didn't hear anything going on downstairs. So I'm like, "Yeah, he fell asleep." Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> passed out, out cold in my in my recliner. That's where you could find me today. <laughs> but while I was awake, I watched a couple things. Uh, the first of which was a documentary that was recommended to me by a friend, and uh, it's called "The Mask I Live In." And it was a really interesting documentary about masculinity and about kind of like what it means to be a man and how we raise boys and how we treat men just kind of in society. And it was really fucking interesting. Like uh, it talked a lot about the expectations that we put on men and how they react to that and how those reactions kind of shape a person and shape society and shape uh, people's relationships with women, for example, was one of the things that they talked about in here. Um, and so it's one of those things that you don't think about. And we're of the age now, we're 26, both of us. We're of the age now where you can kind of start looking back at your childhood and picking out the different things that happened to you and saying, oh, shit, that, that probably affected me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like, for example, they talk about, um, you know, uh, violent video games, right? And not not in the not in the way that um, violent video games make people violent. They they weren't making that argument. It was more along the lines of the characters in video games are characters who are stone cold and they don't have emotion and their way of moving past difficulty is by fighting someone or shooting someone. Mm-hmm. And just like what that role model can do to a young boy and how that kind of can change their perspective on things. That's kind of a little example, but um, it had a lot of interesting things to say and a lot of um, there were a lot of like testimonials and things and, and guys talking just about the different things that have happened to them and and how they see uh, you know being a man and just a super interesting one. I would highly recommend this to anyone who is a man <laughs> and anyone who's not also, but definitely if you're a man. Uh, a grown, specifically if you're a grown man or if you have kids, really, or if you're thinking of having kids, I would definitely highly recommend going out and watching this and just kind of taking um, taking inventory of your 
manliness and just kind of thinking about why we do some of the things we do and how they affect people around us. And I think it's, it's really interesting and really good to be introspective about those kind of things. Um, so yeah, it's called The Mask I Live In and it is available on Netflix. So go out and give that a shot. It's a pretty tight 90 minute documentary. Uh, a lot of good stuff in there that I found super, super interesting. The second thing I watched was considerably more lighthearted and it was uh, the latest comedy special by Ricky Gervais that's called Humanity. And uh, Ricky Gervais, if you don't know, uh, was the creator of The Office in Britain. And then obviously that show was was uh, adapted. adapted to the U.S. and became The Office, right? Uh, Ricky Gervais <laughs> plays You're the character. You're telling char- me The Office became The Office? <laughs> Ricky Gervais plays the character who uh, is Michael Scott. Uh, played by Steve Carell, obviously in in the adapted version. So Michael Scorn. He's the he's Ricky Gervais is awesome. He's the shit. He's he's been behind the scenes of so many of the funny things that you've heard and seen in the past. Um, he's a Brit, and so his comedy special is very classic British dry humor. Uh, that if you're a fan of of any of his work, you'll really enjoy. Uh, some of the things he talks about in this are uh, religion. He's he's a very outspoken atheist. Um, and so he talks a little bit about religion, not in a super bashing way. Like I'm not, you don't need to avoid this if you're a religious person. It, it shouldn't offend you very much. Um, but he talks about religion and he talks about, you know, kids, which is a big, you know, a lot of standups talk about that, but he talks about kids in a very funny way and it's very irreverent, um, in that he says some things that are very appalling um, but it's very funny and he gets away with it because he has kind of an endearing quality about him. Um, he talks a lot about freedom of speech, which is interesting to me, um, and the ability to make jokes and jokes that outside of context would be offensive and how to and how acceptable or not acceptable it is to make quote-unquote offensive jokes and get away with it. So he talks about that, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's simultaneously a funny and good comedy special and then also kind of a kind of his opinions about how to be a good stand-up a little bit and how we can still be funny in the world in the current world where, you know, most of the things people say are offensive to someone. Yeah. So there's a lot of really good stuff in there. And the guy, like I said, the guy's just fucking hilarious. Yeah. So it, that was a really entertaining one. Again, that's humanity- uh, Ricky Gervais's new special on Netflix. One of the really good ones I've seen lately. Yeah, I know he's not a traditional stand-up guy. I don't think he has a ton of stand-up out. Um, but yeah, I, I watched a few minutes with you and I thought it, he was pretty funny. So yeah, that that whole idea of... Because comedy has changed so much now mm-hmm. in the last just two, three years because of the whole you know PC thing, which is good. I mean, you know, some of those jokes just got really out there. Yeah, <laughs> um, Some people were comics to... Just being because they they would say offensive things, and people get it. They get attention for it. You know, uh, Louis C.K. was a guy who kind of did that. Daniel Tosh is a guy who did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a bunch of them who would do that and say offensive things and get attention, and people would be like, "Oh, he didn't say that, did he?" And I, I'm I'm glad that stopped. Um, at the same time, I, I think that there's there's a lot of stuff too that people get overanalyzed now with their comedy, mm-hmm. and so it, there's there there I think they're there's kind of like a fine line with some of that. So um, one comic, though, that has uh, will have a new special coming out uh, in May 1st, uh, John Mulaney. Yeah. Is, and he's a guy who rarely is offensive. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, I don't I'd never heard anything offensive come out of his mouth. 
and he's only swears a few times in his stuff. You know, he's a guy who's just very funny. Uh, everything he says is like really just his delivery. He's a guy I think he's more funny based off his delivery, yeah, oh, and yeah. The, the way he says things than what he's actually saying. But he's just a really funny dude. I cannot wait for that special. Yeah, that's he's got he, and he's got a few specials on Netflix. If you have never seen a John Mulaney special, s- s- pause the podcast <laughs> and go fucking watch one because he the guy is hilarious. Yeah. New, new in town, I think, is the best one. New in town is fucking great. <laughs> yeah, get out there and watch some John Mulaney uh, if you if you can. Um, so yeah, I mean, Netflix is so. If you're a fan of stand up comedy and you're not watching it on Netflix, you're doing you're stupid because wow. there, are, there are a million <laughs> there are a million stand up comedy specials on Netflix that are so good. And I like whenever I have an hour to kill and I'm not going to get a movie in in time, I'll just pop on a comedy special. I've seen probably 100 comedy specials on Netflix. And by the time this drops, let's see, uh, that'll be May 1st. Mm-hmm. It's coming right up. So that's this weekend. Yeah. So when this drops, you only have another day or two before uh, before you can catch John Mulaney's new special as well. Oh, my gosh. Well, that is going to do it for movies and thus episode 41 of the show. Don't forget to subscribe to us wherever it is you may be listening. And also make sure you're subscribed to Jared Buckendall on YouTube. That's where you're going to find not only every episode of the SoCo Show, but the ride home as well. We'll have a very cool episode dropping in the next week or so. Uh, Seth and I and also Jared are going to be going to Avengers Infinity War. So uh, keep an eye out for that video coming soon. As well as, uh, I know, some new reviews from Jared. Uh, Super Troopers, I know, just went up recently. He's doing all the trailer reactions, all of his movie reviews. I'm sure he'll have his Infinity War review up uh, pretty quickly here as well. So, again, make sure you're subscribed to Jared Buckendall and uh, have your notifications turned on so you can get all of those as soon as they drop. If you want to talk to Seth and myself on Twitter, uh, we are underscore Cody Michael at Seth Oat and at Soko Show Pod, or you can send us an email, SokoShow91 at gmail.com. Uh, really looking forward to next week's episode. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of, uh, well, not a little bit, we're going to have a lot of, bit, lot of bit of Jared Buckendall on the show uh, <laughs> returning for, will this be his third? Yeah, well, this is the second, second in person. Yeah. We have the one over the phone. Yeah, so we'll have Jared on for the third time. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of Avengers, a lot of MCU stuff, uh, as well as uh, some of our favorite movies so far this year and some of what we're looking forward to during the summer season. So you don't want to miss episode 42. Uh, make sure you come back next week for that one. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. It always is when we have Jared on. Will this <laughs> will this be a, his Coco time on the podcast? <laughs> you remember that? Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, that's an that's an obscure ass joke, but <laughs> I picked it up. <laughs> oh my gosh! So look forward to all that next week. Uh, but as for now, this has been episode forty one of the Soco Show. This is Seth Ott and Cody Michael. We will see you next week. Free. I mean, bye. <laughs>